Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. So we are talking about parenting. Now, just for those of you that don't know, I am not a parent. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, and so even Benara and I, we're both not parents yet, 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 yet is the significant word in that sentence. Um, one day soon, maybe. Um, I know, I know. I'm not pregnant at the moment. Oh my gosh, I feel like everything that you say, you always have to like pre, preempt it. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Anyway, so, and I actually have said to Benaiah, <laughs> poor Benaiah, he's not here to defend himself, but that's okay. Let me just say, he honestly, I mean, you know him, church, if you've been here for any amount of time, you know him. He's a sharer and he does love <laughs> to talk about our world. And so I said to him, I feel like when we do get pregnant, like they say the 12 weeks is when you're supposed to not tell anybody. Man, I feel like he's going to let it slip to you guys and he will be saying, he'll be preaching and then he'll be like, yeah, because Charlie's pregnant. What? And then you'll all be like, <gasps> and I'll be like, oh my gosh, it's only two weeks. Um, no, so, <laughs> so, so just a heads up, I feel like if anyone's going to know, it's going to be you guys on a Sunday knowing first um, because bless his little soul. He just is a bit of an oversharer, but that's okay. Um, we love him for it. Anyway, so yes, I am not a parent, um, but I, with this sermon, with, with this morning, I don't want you to switch off if you're not parents. I know that in this room, it's probably about 50-50. Um, what my heart is for today is that we, we talk about parenting, but we talk about it from the perspective of if you are a parent, yes. If you want to be a parent one day, which is me, yes. Um, and if you are a spiritual parent, um, because at the same time with discipleship and with doing life with people, you do have like a spiritual responsibility over people, which is like spiritual parenting. Um, so firstly, I have some funny things. Um, that kids have said to their parents. So, let me just read these. I don't have them on the on the um, screen. I'm so sorry. So, my twin sons came running to me in a panic and one was crying saying, Mom, I can't see my eyes. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> no, no? Okay, just go with me, church. Come on. Um, just, you can just, yeah. All right, my three-year-old son came inside and announced, I peed outside. My husband asked if his underwear was wet and my son proudly replied, nope, I peed on Luna. I gave her a shower. Luna is our St. Bernard dog. <laughs> my five-year-old daughter... <laughs> My five-year-old daughter is a vegan. One day I caught her picking her nose and eating it and I told her to stop. And her reply was, oh, why, aren't boogers vegan? Oh. That was for Jade. That was for Jade. No. <laughs> we were in an elevator at a hotel going to the pool. It was me and my five-year-old son. A teenage boy and his dad came in. Suddenly my son announced, my mum normally isn't my mum normally isn't this naked, but we're going swimming. <laughs> I don't know. Um, my father was driving my four-year-old niece in the back of the car. At one point, she asked, how old are you, Granddad? 59, he replied. Oh, so next year you'll be 60, yes? And then after that, you're going to be dead. Just, <laughs> just then, she just shrugged her shoulders and looked out the window. Very funny. 
Um, in the middle of, oh, my, sorry, my four-year-old asked, can we get a kitten? I said, no, I'm allergic. To, I'm allergic. We can't be in the same house together. My four-year-old said, that's okay, mum, you can sleep outside. And then a six-year-old says, why do bad guys always try and take over the world? Mum says, because they want to be in charge and make all the rules. The six-year-old said, then why don't they just become a mum? Oh. <laughs> that's all. That's all. <laughs> they're, they're my little funny things. But I do. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so I actually did because, like I said, I am going to be talking um, about parenting and I'm not a parent. So I actually wanted to ask Nat if he can come up to the stage. Can I also ask? Yay! Um, can I also ask? Oh, yeah, and Kezi. Sorry, and Kezi can come. Can I also ask, can I ask Linda and Trent to come up to the stage? And can I ask my mum and dad to come up to the stage? Yay, parents. We love them. So, so I haven't pre-warned these guys. <laughs> no pressure. Um, but I just wanted to get up. So Nat and Kez um, have two beautiful girls, um, Addie and Zoe. Um, so they're kind of the younger parents. Trent and Linda are probably middle parents because you've got, you know, your boys, which is still quite young, and then you've got Claudia and Ames who are a bit older. And then mum and dad are parents of myself and my sister who are grown up, married, um, and have left the nest. So I wanted to ask these parents in the different stages of their kids' lives and in their parenting journey, um, what is some wisdom and what have you learnt about parenting? What's the best advice that you can give us for those of us that have not had kids yet um, about parenting and where you're up to? I always, I always talk, so uh, you tell me that. Be as honest as you can. You can't uh, lie here in church. So a bit of advice, I think just the simple one is just to enjoy every moment, every day that you have with your children. That is the easy one, but not so easy to do. Um, it's true. When you're in the trenches, it's not so easy to enjoy it. Um, it's true. Did everyone just see what you told me said? to be honest? When you're in the trenches, it's not so easy to enjoy it. <laughs> Honesty. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. Trent, what have you learned about parenting? What's some wisdom? Um, with two... Uh, uh, two girls in their early 20s and two late teenage boys, you sort of tend to think that they're going to grow up to be exactly the same as you, like the same thinking, like, you know, you just think they're little use and you realise that they're individuals, like they've got their own way of looking at the world and they're a bit different, yeah. Yeah, so you sort of got to, you just think, oh, they're just going to be exactly the same and they're all going to do the exact same thing as you, but it's not there. Yeah, they've got their own destiny and their own, yeah. I've got, I've got a couple of things, actually, just to help these guys out, too, because, yeah. 
Um, nice. Parents <laughs> helping parents. It's good. Um, one of the biggest things is as parents stick together, not to gang up on your kids, but just to re... <laughs> Because when there's four of them, two of you, it is, yeah. Um, but just sit together and pray and make sure that you both agree on, like, disciplines. And don't be the softer parent that makes the other one look bad and give in to them. <laughs> don't take sides, yeah. Um, obviously love them. Um, and, yeah, as Trent said, don't expect them to be at you. But don't tell them stories about things that you did that you don't want them to do and mistakes that you made that you don't want them to make. <laughs> Puts the idea in their head, like, oh! Yes. Awesome. Papa? No, all I've got to say is that, honestly, it goes quickly. You know, it goes, you know, one minute you're changing the nappies and the next minute they're... Uh, really... Time goes so quickly, so enjoy it. Enjoy every second because they change so quickly. You know, I know when Andrew and Charlotte were born, like in a week, you could see changes in their features. In two weeks, things were totally different. So enjoy everything and also just have love in the house. I mean, I'm not... Charlotte and Angela will tell you that like Kathy and I, and I'm not sort of boasting, but we never argued in front of the children. You know, there, were, there was never any bad language. There was never any negative stuff in our house. It was just a house full of love. And, and <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not, I mean, you know, I, I, a lot of that is, is, is to Kathy, but... I think you can all see the, the end result of the household that Andrew and Charlotte were brought up in. Um, yeah, and, it, and, it's, and, it's, and it's like the both of us. It's not, not, it's not one or the other that, that resulted in this, in Andrew and Charlotte and the way they are. It was a joint effort, I think. Wow, <clears throat> that was really good. Come right from your heart, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I, honestly, that was the first thing I was going to say. Enjoy every minute because they grow up so quickly, like in a flash of an eye, isn't it? They grow up so quickly, so enjoy every minute. <clears throat> and the other thing I was going to say is to... Be true to your word. Stick to your word. If you say you're going to do something with your kids, do it. You know, and um, just stick to your word and just always show love. Lots of cuddles, lots of kisses and, yeah, show love and happiness and praise the Lord together. Yay. So good. Thanks, Mum. Thanks, guys. Let's thank our token parents. Thank you. I love that. So good. So, so good. So, we're talking about parenting. So, like I said, today I'm speaking to three groups of people. So, those who will one day be parents, those who are parents, and then also spiritual parents. And like I said, I 
I am not a parent myself yet. I'm a parent to a 55 kilo fur baby, um, Sally. But other than that, um, my experience with children is very limited. But I want to take it from the perspective of um, how God parents us, because I think for me, I'm, I'm not qualified and I wouldn't want to anyway. I think that this is something that I've heard a lot of parents say is there's always so much opinion and there's so much expectation and there's so much, um, this is the right way that you do it. And so a lot of people feel like they always have to put in their two cents in when it comes to parenting. Um, I don't want to stand up here and give advice. Um, I'm not qualified to do that anyway. But I want to take it from the perspective of God as our parent. God is our heavenly father how he um, loves us, how he disciplines us, how he looks after us, and that how we need to take his example of that parenting um, and put it into practice for us. So parenting is a gift from God. I feel like the enemy will always try and make you feel like you're not a good enough parent, um, whether that's physically or spiritually, but know that you are graced. Graced is called a super, that's a supernatural enabling. God has graced you for the season that you're in. So if that's being a physical parent or a spiritual parent, you are graced for this season. It's not like it's a surprise to God that you became a parent, okay? He ordained that. He planned that. He orchestrated that beautiful gift. It's a gift and you are so graced to do it. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. Blessed is the one who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame. He speaks with his enemies at the gate. So, Children are a heritage from the Lord. And sometimes, even like what Kezi said, when you're in it and when you're struggling and when you're going through the motions, it might not feel like that all the time. But children are a gift from the Lord. Um, there can be so much noise and expectation and conversation about what you should be doing as a parent. But God is the perfect parent. He's our heavenly father. And we gain a healthy perspective of parenting when we have a re revelation of how he parents us. That's what I was saying before. And as well, it's not about comparing. I feel like as well, there's so much comparison between, even to do with um, spiritual parents, when you look at how another person disciples, it's not about comparing. Like I said, you are graced, but you are graced um, for your season with your children, with your responsibility. Don't look, you can get wisdom, you can get, you know, help, you can feel like you've got that support network, but don't compare yourself to what the person across the room is doing, how they're discipling, how they're parenting, because it's going to be unique to you. And I feel like with this, um, with this word that I've got, like I said, it's about looking at and reflecting back to how God parents you, how God has worked in your life. And so this is the word that we're going to look at. So the first one is, I love you. Unconditional love. So the way that God parents us, unconditional love, the way that we should parent other, our kids and disciple people as well. So it says in 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I'm sure that parents can testify to this. Your kids will let you down. Even I love what Trent said, you know, you think that you, your kids are going to 
work out to be like you, but they're going to be different. But to know that in that, that even if they let you down, even if they're not, or even if they, you know, make a mistake or whatever, that that's okay. That's their learning process. And that's how love covers in that moment. Even with God, with us, you know, God, unconditional means obviously without conditions, that it has no subject to any conditions, but it just is given without expecting anything back, anything in return. It's so overwhelming. Um, his love for us. And I think that as a parent, that's something so powerful that you can show your kids is, do you know what? It doesn't matter if you stuff up. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake. It doesn't matter if you don't turn out the way that I thought. It doesn't matter if we have differences. At the end of the day, love covers and I love you. And even to say that is so powerful. I love you. I love you. I love you. You need, oh, so your kids need grace to find out who they are and who God is to them. It's part of them growing up. When we know we are loved by God unconditionally, that is when, can, when we can give love unconditionally. And I think, church, a lot of what I'm talking about, because we're reflecting back to God, it is, I, I, and I pray that it does, it reflects to you and it gives you a moment of reflection of thinking about the way that you think about God. Do you even think about God as your father? Do you see him as somebody, even for that first point, when we say, I love you, is that something that you can imagine your father, father God saying to you? You know, Maddie, I love you. Jess, I love you. It's not about who you are in terms of what you're doing, what your belief systems are, whether you're right or you're wrong. But your father God this morning, church, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And someone in this room actually needs to hear that. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't. God's, God's, God's love for you is so not limited by your rights and your wrongs. It's not. It's unconditional. It is, I love you and I love you now and I will love you then and I will love you always. And even if you walk away, the beauty of God and the beauty of his love for us is that verse, sorry, that whole story about the prodigal son. Even when we walk away, even when we spend the inheritance, even when we stuff up, he welcomes us back with open arms. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. And for us to be able to be parents, spiritual parents and physical parents that can do the same for our kids, to can do the same for the people that we're discipling, that unconditional, I love you and I've got you. It's so cool. The second one is I forgive you. Slow to anger and quick to forgive. So it says in Psalm 103 verse 8, have it on the, yeah, awesome. Um, the Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. My gosh, it breaks my heart when I hear people say, and I, I had this just recently, when people say, oh, I can't walk into the building because the roof will cave in. I can't go to church because the roof will cave in. Or I can't go to church because, you know, God will strike me with a lightning bolt. That is so not so not who our God is. It says that he is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger and he is abounding in love. His love for you this morning forgives. It forgives and it covers. It says, you know what? I forgive you. Yes, you've made mistakes, but I forgive you. I welcome you back with open arms. Psalm 103 verse 13 says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. I love that. 
forgiveness, being a parent and being somebody who disciples, that can show forgiveness, that can show that, that, that releasing of, I do not hold anything against you. You do not owe me anything. I do not, you know, have this scoreboard of your rights and your wrongs and I'm tallying it up. No, nah, it's free. I've, it's forgiven. It's free. And I feel like sometimes, even as parents, obviously, like I said, I know I'm not speaking for myself, but that sometimes you actually need to forgive yourself. You might be really good at forgiving your kids and saying, yeah, you know, I forgive you for that. That's all good. Like, I love you. My love covers. I love you unconditionally. But do you forgive yourself? Or do you feel like I am a failure? I failed at that point in their life or I wasn't there for that soccer match or I, I didn't live up to my word. Is there stuff in you where you actually need to be good at forgiving you? And releasing your heart because you know that your father forgives you 100%. Your heavenly father forgives you. When you ask for forgiveness, he says, yeah, I grant it so quickly, so easily because that's who he is. If we're taking him as our example as a father, do you forgive yourself? Have you forgiven yourself? Even with your discipleship, maybe you gave someone, a, you know, a wrong scripture or maybe you, you told them something that later on you're like, actually, I don't know whether I believe that. And you feel like, oh, I didn't disciple them the best way that I could. Do you forgive yourself for that? Do you release yourself? Don't hold anything else. Hold yourself to anything that God doesn't hold you to. Um, I think that's really powerful. Number three. So we've got, I love you. I forgive you. Number three is I've got you. So as parents, I've got you. You say, I protect and provide. So cool. 1 Timothy 5, 8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. We must be intentional about being providers and protectors. You know that one of the basic human needs is safety. The um, UNESCO, or I forget whether it's one of these big global bodies, um, has listed the five things that somebody needs, um, like human needs that we, we all need, that we all need and we all deserve. And one of them is safety. One of them is to be to feel safe. And I love that parents, you guys have the beautiful ability to provide that safety, to provide that protection, to provide that place where it's all good. I mean, even now, I'm 28, I'm nearly 29, getting old. Um, and I still, when I go home to my beautiful parents, I have that sense of I'm safe. I've got, I've got that love, that protection. I'm home. They've got me. I know if I ever I need anything, even now at my age, that they will provide for me. They will help me. They will reach out to me. They, will, they almost provide constantly. Parents, you guys are so incredible. Um, but you provide that safety net for your beautiful kids consistently. And I know it doesn't run out once, you know, once Addie goes to school. It's not like Matt's like, well... You're fighting for yourself now, Addie. Go out there. You're all on your own. Like, he will still be Papa Bear Nat that will protect, that will provide. And I think that we have that such, that beautiful ability, even as a church in our discipleship, to provide a place that protects people, to provide a place where the spiritual orphans and the babies of our society can come in and we can say, I've got you. Like that, I've got you. I've got you. There is protection and there is provision in the house of God because of who he is to us. I love that that's our father. Our father God never sends us out on our own and says, well, 
go away, like try and like I'm going to watch. He's, he doesn't. He's there and even in the midst of it, even when we feel like it's not, even when sometimes when we feel like we're struggling or we don't have enough, he is always good. He is always gracious. He always provides and he always protects us. I love that. Number four is no. <laughs> we discipline because we love no is not a dirty word. And I know that parents, you would agree, 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 agree. And I think that we agree. I know I agree in terms of being like a child of God and having him as my father. No is not a dirty word. He disciplines those that he loves. I love this. In Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12 verse 7, it says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. I love that. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Because this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seems best for them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Oh my gosh, what a good scripture. <laughs> Even as I'm reading it, I'm like, that is so cool. And I know this. I know this from my beautiful parents. Yes, they disciplined me. They told me no hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Can I have this? No. Can I go? No. And it wasn't because they were mean or nasty, but it's because they believed like that, that it yields a fruit of righteousness. It's training. It's teaching your children. And it's saying, you know what? It's okay. It's okay to be disciplined. And I think sometimes in our day and age, even one of my work friends was talking about her husband's a recruitment officer for um, this employment thing. And he was saying, the generation coming through really struggles with correction. If they say, oh, no, you didn't do that good enough. This is how you've done it. They'll burst into tears and they'll say, you're bullying me. You're too harsh on me. I tried my best. Um, but the thing is, is we need discipline. We need to be told when, it, when it's yes and when it's no. That's a godly thing. It's a godly principle. How you discipline your kids is up to you. But I love that it says that discipline is something that God does to us. Our Heavenly Father instructs us. He sharpens us. He directs us. How much more should we be doing that with our kids, physical and spiritual? No is not a dirty word in Jesus' name. Proverbs 29, 17 says, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give you delight to your heart. I love that. Love sometimes says no, it sometimes corrects and it sometimes sharpens. And I love that it says that if you're not disciplined, that you're an illegitimate children because you discipline those you care about. You bring correction and you bring love to those that you care about. If not, that's concerning. But I love that. I love that God does that for us and that's our model. Our model is him always. Number five, this is why. Teach your children intentionally. Proverbs 22, 6 says, and I love this, and this is why it follows because you can just be nasty and be like, no, and then walk away. <laughs> that's it. Just no. Because why? Because I said so. <laughs> How many parents have said that? <laughs> because I said so. It's just my word. Um, I've even said that to students. <laughs> Because I'm a teacher. And I just give them, they go, no, why? Just because I said so, I'm the teacher. Don't argue with me. No. Um, so 
Why though? This is why. Yes, you're disciplined. Yes, you're giving instruction. Yes, you're sharpening. But be intentional about then the why. Why? Teach intentionally. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Why? If there is ever a discipline, explain the why. Be intentional with your words. God is so intentional with us. I have never felt like I have been um, restricted of something and then left going, well, I don't know. He's good and he's gracious. He wants you to learn. He wants you to grow. He wants you to become a sharp person. He wants you to become more like his son, Jesus. He explains the why we should too. And this group, this um, quote from Billy Graham is so cool. The family should be a closely knit group. The home should be self-contained shelter of of security, a kind of school where life's basic lessons are taught, a kind of church where God is honoured and a place where wholesome reaction and simple pleasures are enjoyed. I love that. Even for those of you that aren't parents yet, to take that quote, the home should be a self-contained shelter of security. That's what we said to be protect and provide to say that I've got you, a kind of school where life's basic lessons are taught, teaching, disciplining, saying no, this is the why behind the what, a kind of church where God is honoured, not making this be the only time that your kids see you raise your hands, not this be the only setting where your kids see you praying, Um, it should be start at the home and a place where wholesome reaction and simple pleasures are enjoyed, just doing life together, I love that, as a can I say a (laughs) pre-parent, not a parent yet, as a pre-parent, I love that quote because I think that that so sums up what a good family should look like, what a godly family should look like. And number six, let me show you. Be the example. And Jesus did this. I love, again, we're taking all of this. I've taken all of this from God with us. This is not, like I said, I'm, I'm not a parent. I don't have the opinions or the thoughts. I haven't lived through what you guys have lived through as parents. All I'm doing is taking how God has modeled it to me and how we should then model it because he is our perfect, perfect example. So let me show you, Jesus did this. Never underestimate how close children watch you. We are continually modeling to them what is normal. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, Be imitators of me, just as also I am of Christ. We have to be intentional about setting an example. And I even know this, even, you know, being a school teacher and watching my students and and the way that they do life and so many of the things that they say that come out of their mouth is a reaction or response to what they've heard. They've watched their parents. They have their own, you know, opinions and thoughts, yes, but they've been modelled a certain way of doing things. And so for us as spiritual parents and as physical parents, what example are we setting? What example, if someone was to know Jesus just by the way that you lived, would they know him? If someone was to hear the word and learn the word just by what comes out of our mouth, would they? We have to be intentional. Our world, our, with our words, we have to be our child's greatest encouragers. With our atmosphere, this is what my mum and dad just talked about, create a life-giving atmosphere in your home, even if it's not with your words, even if it's not with your actions, but if it's with your atmosphere. What atmosphere is the example that you're setting in your home? And with your church, building God's house the way you want your over 18-year-old child to build. Guard your children from negativity. If your children were to choose to follow Christ based on your example, would they want to? That goes for physical parents. 
okay, for non, non-physical parents, let's put it this way. If your workplace was to choose to follow Christ based on your example, would they want to? Would my students want to follow Christ based on my example? I think that us as a church, and like I said to begin with, we need to be reminded afresh of who we're called to be. We are supposed to be living revival, hands and feet of the supernatural, speaking God's goodness, not his condemnation, speaking life, not death, bringing healing, not adding to people's sickness. We should be people that are so full of him that it just comes out of our every being, in our words, in our actions. And do you know what? We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect. You are going to get it wrong. I am going to get it wrong as a teacher. You are going to get it wrong as parents. I'm going to get it wrong as a pastor. But again, it comes back to what's our intention? What's the heart behind what we're saying? What's the heart behind what we're trying to do? Are we being an example? Bill Johnson said this, parents have a responsibility to show their children what God is like and what his world is like. Like I said, it's so good if we, the way that we're living, and I, I know that I'm not a parent yet, but I have, I'm obviously a child, and I did. I watched my parents. I watched the way they interacted. I watched the way that they spoke to each other. I was constantly watching them, and I still do now. How are you modeling? How are you modeling your example to your kids? I think that that is really, really cool. So we've got, I love you, which is unconditional love. I forgive you, slow to anger and quick to forgive. I've got you, protect and provide. No, discipline because of love. Five, this is why, teach intentionally. And six, let me show you. Be the example. Be the example, be the example. And like I said, this is not about comparison. This is not about me coming up here and telling you these things and saying, this is how God treats us. This is how we should treat our kids. And you sitting there feeling awful. It's not about that feeling of, oh, I'm not doing that or I didn't do that. Or even maybe this morning you realize that, you know, you snapped or you weren't a good example or you didn't love or you didn't forgive, whatever it is. This is not about that. It's not about me coming up here, you know, telling you these things just because I think that I have a right to because I'm a pastor. Not at all. It's about us as a church realizing that, again, with relationships, and that's why we're doing this series, with relationships, it's so part of our world that we've got to be good at it. In every area, we've got to model what God is showing us, what the Word is modeling to us, not getting fixated on the latest parenting trends and, you know, what swaddle you have to buy for your baby because it's organic or whatever. Like, not, not get caught up in those things, which at the end of the day don't matter. What is the heart behind parenting? What is the heart behind discipling? What is the heart behind being spiritual overseers of people? For all of you guys that have connects, you are spiritual parents of your connect group. What is the heart behind that? Always, always, always come back to the Word. Come back to what God has said. Come back to what He has modeled to us. He is abounding in love. He is quick to forgive. He protects us. He provides for us. He disciplines us. He teaches us. And then he, Jesus did, was perfect in his example of the Father. He said, I only do what I see my Father do. And I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. So not comparing yourself, forgiving yourself. You are not a bad parent. You are not a bad parent. Oh, someone needs to hear that this morning. You're not. 
you are graced. God, you know, I think sometimes we so forget who God is. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, supernatural. He is not shocked at your season. He's not surprised, like I said, that you became a parent. <laughs> Whoops. <No. laughs> he, he knows exactly, exactly, more than we know ourselves where we are up to. He knows your fears. He knows your tears that you've cried. He knows your frustrations. He hears your prayers. He is so much more aware, I think, than sometimes we give him credit for. And maybe it's because we don't feel it. Maybe it's because sometimes we do feel forgotten. Sometimes we do feel like a failure. Sometimes we do feel like you've prayed these prayers for years and he hasn't answered, so you feel forgotten. But just to encourage us this morning, in this room, whether you're a physical parent, a spiritual parent, you're yet to be a parent, God knows exactly where you're at. Don't compare yourself. Don't Don't feel like a failure. Don't feel like you've dropped the ball because you haven't. It's nobody is ever too far for God to come alongside and heal and pick you up and say, let's do it together. Maybe you have made mistakes. I'm not saying we're perfect. Maybe you have. You know, that's okay. And it's so okay with him. He's not mad at you. He's not shaking his finger at you. He's not going to strike you with a lightning bolt. He's love and his love, more than any love, his love covers. It picks you up. It binds your wounds. It cradles you when you need cradling. It brings his wing and says, come and tuck yourself under. Get close to me. It's all okay. It's all okay. And I feel like this morning, maybe we just need to have a little bit of space and have a little bit of time. Firstly, for the parents. Like I said, forgive yourself. I actually think that that's a word for someone here this morning. You've forgiven your children, but you haven't forgiven yourself. You still feel like you're responsible for something. And you still feel like something is your fault. And you need to release yourself because you should never hold anything against yourself that He does not hold against you. He is our example. And also to receive that grace again. Parenting can be tough. Parenting can be tough, but you are graced. And then the other group of people is if you need a fresh revelation, we're talking about the Father. I'm talking about how He fathers me, how Father God fathers me. If in this place you actually need a revelation of Him as your Father again, let's pray for that. Let's pray for that unconditional love, that forgiveness, that protection, that provision. Because some of us are feeling like we're lacking it because we actually, our revelation of the Father isn't fully there yet. And like I said, He wants to. His heart is He wants to reveal Himself to you as your dad and him as your father in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. 
If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.